Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massengill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And today our topic is on leadership agility, something that, (laughs) I don't know, I'm always working on this one, but we want to talk about leadership agility today because we feel like in, gosh, everything that's happened, especially over the last couple of years, we have just been tested in our agility in so many different ways. Absolutely. I mean, I just got a number of personal examples as recent as five minutes ago when I had an unexpected visitor show up the house and I had a a house full of barking dogs, right? So this ability to kind of be nimble and to adjust to what's right in front of us That's kind of a silly example, but we are really being challenged. I mean, through the last 18 months and beyond with not knowing what's next. And so we need this, you know, what we call leadership agility or flexibility with purpose so that we can be on point, right? Bringing our attention and behavior to what's necessary in the moment. And the reason why we're talking about it is because it's just not simple. That is not easy to do. If you break down the definition, simple definition of leadership guiding others, the definition of agility is speed, coordination, reacting quickly and appropriately to change. So combining those two, leadership agility is really our ability to quickly respond to any change that occurs as it relates to our performance and guiding other people. Nimble is the word that comes up for me after you go through those two definitions. And this idea of being able to accept what is and then deal with that, right? Respond to it versus react. And I think it requires us to have a lot of arrows in our quiver, right? A lot of skills to draw from. One of the reasons we're excited about developing leaders through our emergent leader program is so that we are equipping them with more tools so that they can be more agile, regardless of what happens in their environment or what happens to them. Well, one of the things that gets in the way of us being agile, you know, if you going back to that definition of leadership and part of leading is guiding other people, everyone's different and we're a single person. So our ability to really respond, react, support, mentor, be there for all different types of people, skill levels, everything is not an easy task. It's not. So it takes a level of self, other, and situational awareness. So is this a three-dimensional model? You know, we talked a little bit in a a previous podcast around leadership presence. That's the self-awareness. But then we have to have this awareness of others, their skill level, their communication styles. And then we have to be aware of the situation, have this situational awareness that enables us to adjust and provide the right amount of support where needed. You're reminding me of... The story that I've told often, I call it my hot dog story, but it was years and years ago I was doing, I was entered in an agility competition uh, with one of my dogs, dog handlers and dogs run an obstacle course. And the goal is to do it as fast as possible with no mistakes. So we're at the fairgrounds and we, it's one of our first 
agility competitions. I'm nervous. You know, we've had a lot of training, but I'm a little nervous. I'm jittery, right? I understand where I'm at, where my abilities are for this. My dog, his name was Cash. He's trained. He's still pretty green, but you know, I'm, you got to start somewhere, right? So I, I go in, I'm, I take the time to kind of walk the course without the dog to understand what obstacles he might have difficulty with, where he might really need me to support him more and help him complete the obstacle in the correct way, where he might have difficulty and what direction we're going in. You know, I'm really, I go in and I'm like, this is agility, right? This is me really understanding the course itself and where he's going to need my help most, where I don't want to be close from where I can just let him go. I know he's going to take it. Right. So we go in the course, we walk in, we start running the agility course. We're doing really great. And we come around this bend on the obstacle course. And I, all of a sudden I notice in the corner of my eye, what I didn't see prior to when I walked the course before we went in together, right on the outside of like this, you know, literally rope gating is a little girl about seven years old. And she's got this beautiful foot long hot dog (laughs) (laughs) right in her, right in her hand. And she's about ready to take a big bite. And I see cash as we're coming around the bed and he takes a big whiff of that hot dog because you can smell those fairground hot dogs a mile away. Right. He takes a big whiff of that and he starts going towards that hot dog. (laughs) He can literally put that thing in his mouth and I'm yelling, Cash, you know, I'm yelling his name. And, and so it's like we completed it successfully. By the way, hot dog stayed intact. Little girl was fine. But, you know, I think what speaks to me about that story is what you said earlier about situational awareness. I paid attention what was going on inside the ring, but did I have the awareness broader of what was going on outside the ring? What would be a distraction, right? What a great story. And I think this idea of so it's not enough to just have self-awareness or awareness of others, but this ability to zoom in and zoom out and to have situational awareness. And again, why it's important so we can adjust what we're doing in the moment to meet the needs of that moment and the individuals that are involved. That's a great story, really demonstrating that point. And, you know, if I would have seen the little girl with her hot dog, if I would have really noticed that before, I might have chose to go in a different direction or take a different path or use different handling moves to really support him, knowing that that wonderful smell of this beautiful hot dog is really going to draw him in. He's going to choose that over me any day. So that, you know, I think the why for leadership agility is leaders are really faced with a lot of change, complexity, it's all increasing. Interdependence is increasing. And the ability to really be agile and responding to that is what really helps us to be most effective in the roles that we have today. So in addition to something we've shared previously, which is this idea of having a grounded or a centering place to operate from, which we refer to in leadership presence, how would we uh, suggest that leaders become more agile? What would we offer as how-tos in this area? One of my favorite exercises, and it's really adapted from 
something that is offered through Ken Blanchard, an assessment called situational leadership. But you don't need the assessment to um, to be helpful in your work. It's it, the model really is focused on paying attention to um, people's not only their skill level but also their excitement and their confidence in getting tasks done. You know, I think we as leaders have the tendency to assume because we have a rock star or a high performer working for us, if they're a high performer in most tasks, they're going to be a high performer in every task. That's not fair to them, right? They might get something that they're not really excited about and that which might require more support for us. And so I think paying attention, just having that observation about what are some of the big rocks that we're asking our people to manage or to be responsible for, and then really observing what is that person's ability to get it done, their education, their skill level, and also their commitment or their motivation, excitement, confidence to do it, and let that drive how we might support them more or less in direction and support. What I love about what you said there is that requires certainly uh, some self-awareness to know our tendency of how we typically like to manage or interact with people, but also recognizing that people's competence, right, their skill, their enthusiasm can change with different assignments or different tasks. And that's what we need to really pay attention to so that we can give them the right amount of support. It's inefficient to under or over manage in an organization. And that's why we want to pay attention to the things that you just pointed out, this motivation, this skill level, and adjust accordingly. Uh, we hear a lot. People will say, even we will say ourselves, I don't like to be micromanaged. Well, who, you know, who does? But the reason why people micromanage is because they actually don't take the time to understand what someone else's skill level is or what their commitment in doing a a task is. And this really helps leaders when we look at it this way, it really helps us not to micromanage and also not to undermanage to where we don't help people at all when they actually really need it or want it. You know, we've had people say to us, it's hard for me to ask for support. It's hard for a lot of people to ask for support or help. And yet that's precisely what helps us be leaders is when people say, hey, I could use your input on this, right? There's a level of vulnerability that people aren't necessarily comfortable with. I think the other piece to this, Ralph, is the idea that we hand off things way too quickly, assuming that they're just as excited about a task as we as we are about a task. We got to pay attention to that. And I think we also miss the adjusting or the agility required in communication style, which I think is the second thing that we would ask our listeners to really pay close attention to. You know, what's the best way to communicate this, to send this information based on the preferred I'm going to call it communication style of the person that we're interacting with so that we create connections so that they understand it so that they're primed to take effective action. What would we suggest to our listeners in that area? When you were saying that, Ralph, I was thinking about a conversation that we had, and this goes back a long time ago, but I remember one time our team was sitting in a meeting And what we were talking about, it was really resonating with me, but I was at that moment, I was 
quiet. I was kind of processing it in my head. And I think a few of our team looked at me like, Cindy, are you even paying attention? Are you in this meeting? Right. And I, right. And I absolutely, I, would, I totally was, but the expression on my face and because I was quieted, it appeared that I wasn't in that meeting. Right. And so I think just understanding my tendencies around introversion, for example, right. Again, not an excuse for me not to speak up, but you understanding me, oh, she's introverted. We got to pull it out of her a little bit, or at least ask her to join in. I think it's helpful in that communication. So agility and action. And I think we do a decent job of this, recognizing the preferred style of people on processing information, making decisions and engaging with the group. And here's a, here's one specific technique. If you've got a group of people, you know that you're going to have a mix of extroverts and introverts, for example, give people time to think quietly, maybe a couple minutes so that you level the playing field and you create this opportunity. That's, that's a simple application of agility and action. We just adjust how we prepare people to respond to a question that we're looking for different perspectives on. That was a great example. And we can't be thrown off by that. I mean, we see this a lot. People ask a question and if somebody doesn't answer in seven seconds, they fill in. That's a lack of agility. That's going back to you know, the same style over and over again. So there's two things we're covering here as far as how do we how do we want our leaders to be agile or how do we get better in this area of leadership agility? One is paying attention to, you know, I'm calling them the big rocks, but the most important initiatives or projects that your people are working on, pay attention to what is their skill level or their competence? How would you rate that on a scale from low to high? And then also What is their commitment, motivation, excitement? How do they really feel about doing the project? And then let that gauge, maybe they need more direction from you. Maybe they need more coaching support from you in getting that done. Don't assume a high performer is a high performer in every single task that you give them. So that's one. That was a big one. The second one was looking at style and especially communication style. We like the DISC assessment. We like Myers-Briggs, but any of those, really using those to kind of inform getting to know people so that you communicate in a more effective manner. How do I do with summarizing that? I think you did a great job. And what I would just add on the communication style, while these assessments can be useful, just pay attention to the language that people use, to how quickly they respond whether they're visual or auditory or kinesthetic, you can pick up on things so that you match and build rapport so that, and that's agility, but you have to have a willingness first to recognize it in self and others, and then adjust, adjust and provide, you know, whatever people need or the situation needs in that moment. So that's the only thing I'd add. I thought you did a great job summarizing those two points. The adjustment part to clarify that I, I almost was thinking, okay, adjust to where I'm not me. And that's, that isn't the direction we're going. We want to adjust to be more effective, not necessarily to enable or tolerate poor behavior, but more adjust in more of a supportive way 
it's not about being a wet noodle, so to speak, right? And not speaking up. It's absolutely speaking up, but adapting so that we can support the people. As um, Barry Chapman says, or Bob Chapman of Barry Weinmiller, I love what he says about really supporting the people that are in our care. I just, I, I love that. I love that quote. And I think of a chameleon in a way because a chameleon is able to change its colors to adapt or survive in its environment. And we want to be able to adapt our style so that we can not just survive, so that we can thrive in our environment. And that's really the compelling case for leadership agility. Yeah, that's great. That's great. We invite all of our listeners, if you'd like more information about this competency of leadership agility, join us at our Emergent Leader training. We have a five-session offering that we do all throughout the year and would love to share more about this competency with all of our listeners. And as always, we invite you to come back for more episodes of the Get Emergent podcast, including our Driving Leadership series with Bill Berthel.